History happened everywhere. A random place, a random time, and a topic pulled from the hat. The challenge, find the fascinating, uncover the unexpected, and share the stories. You're listening to... Everywhere. Hello, you're listening to History Happened Everywhere. I'm Pete Goddard. I'm here in the studio as ever with my co-host and I'm honoured to say friend, Ryan Weir. That's me. That is you. Hello. Peter, may I start with, have you eaten well? Uh, You may start with that and I may think that's odd. Yeah, well, it's the South Korean equivalent of how I... Oh, I see. So oh, let's start Straight with, into that. How, how, have you eaten well? Well, I I had some crisps earlier, so... Good. Is that the correct... Is there a standard response to this? I don't think crisps are eating well specifically. I don't think <laughs> nutritionally they're the best, <laughs> huh? but, you know, that's fine. Let's revert to our anglicised language. Yeah, how are you going, man? <laughs> I'm okay, man. How are you? <laughs> now, I have to address the elephant in the room. Oh, uh, well, it's no. not really the elephant in the room. It's the T-shirt in the room. Oh, yes. I can't help but notice you are sporting, and I use that word very carefully, sporting a rather marvellous Halloween-themed History Happened Everywhere T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. They're available on our website at hhepodcast.com forward slash merch. I'm pretty sure that Kim Kardashian was recently seen wearing a History Happened Everywhere pumpkin (laughs) shirt. Uh, So if you want to be like the Kardashians, start shopping now. Here's the thing. Where's your one? That is a good question, (laughs) right? Where's mine? Didn't arrive today, did it? Okay, so I'll wear the traditional History Happened Everywhere shirt because I am, at all times, thoroughly corporate branded. (laughs) Thinking of getting a tattoo. History happened everywhere. Tattoo of my Amazing. Should we do that? Should we get uh, logo tattoos? Yeah, no, I'm thinking, I think we should definitely do that. (laughs) We should add tattoos to the Dersolator, and then when it arrives as the topic, that's when we get the tattoo done. uh, On the condition that it's on the neck. And in the language of whatever the country is. Absolutely. That that the Dersolator gives us. And that with a Tagalog, history happened everywhere. Tattoo. <laughs> Every time you go anywhere, the Philippines and Indonesians are like, what? <laughs> but enough of this uh, chit chat and shenanigans. I want to know what we're talking about today. Shall we have a little review? Oh, we should, absolutely, definitely. Let's go back and have a look. Okay. Or oh, listen, really. Should you press the button? Let's do it. All right. Apparently, we've got to use the spookulator this week because it's Halloween. It's Halloween. Our Halloween special. So we hit the button and we'll get still get time, place, but and topic. But but it's going to be a spooky one. Your place is hell. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, like here we go. Let's do it. Release the human souls into the reservoir. All right. I'm doing it now. I don't oh, like that at all. Oh, dear. <laughs> all right. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Pull the lever. All right, off it goes. And your country is? Yeah. It's South Korea. Oh, nice. Okay, South Korea. Spooky place. Okay. Yeah. And your time is? 2020 yeah. to 2025. 
a bit uh, of future action. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Spookalita. That's spooky. That is it's spooky. Time travel, I guess, is spooky. <laughs> okay. okay. And finally, My your spook- spooky topic. Spooky topic is... is... Jack-o'-lantern. Nice. Jack-o'-lantern. Okay, so... Jack O' Lanterns in South Korea. <laughs> That's a difficult mix, I'll be honest. <laughs> From 2020 to 2025. Wow. Okay. I'll get out my glass ball and uh, peer into the future and find the history of South Korean Jack O' Lanterns. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like a tricky one, but I have every faith in you, sir. Spooky, spooky, spooky. Woo! Well, here we go. I'm, I'm ready to be entertained, Ryan. I'm, I'm excited, I must admit. Right. You're going to be spookily entertained. I'm scared. As you should be, because it's Halloween special. <laughs> we are talking K-pop, Samsung, Squid Games, Train to Busan, Hyundai, Taekwondo, Kimchi. This is the land of the morning calm. The land of the morning calm. I haven't heard good, that before. It? That's great. Yeah. Welcome to South Korea. Thank you very much. More officially, the Republic of Korea. It is a country in Eastern Asia, constituting the southern part of the Korean peninsula, about 45% of the land area, in fact. The South shares a border with the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, aka North Korea. The country border is known as the DMZ, the Demilitarized Zone, uh, which was established in 1953. It's 150 miles long and two and a half miles wide. It's one of the most dangerous borders on the planet. It is heavily patrolled. It has landmines in it. And if you try and cross it from either side, you're going to get shot. It's a pretty spooky area. Spook- is, the, is the traffic largely in one direction? Or pretty much in one direction from what I can read, yeah. You've got China to the left of South Korea. You've got Japan to the right. It's surrounded by ocean on the east the west and the south coasts. So you've got the Yellow Sea in the west, the East Sea to the east, where you're going to find Japan. Uh, you've got the East China Sea to the south, and then you've got in the southeast, the Korea Strait. At around about 100,000 square kilometres, that's 39,000 square miles, it is roughly six times smaller than France. Ooh, I had it in my head that it was quite large. I don't know where I've got that from. I thought it was at least equivalent. I thought it was like a half of France, but clearly yeah. I'm just deriving this. Six times smaller, in fact. It's punching quite high, quite heavy then for a small place. It really is, yeah. Um, it is largely mountainous. There are small valleys, narrow coastal plains as you get close to the sea. Weather-wise, it has hot, humid summers, uh, relatively cold but dry winters. The language, might surprise you to learn, is Korean, but it has sort of links to Japanese and and Chinese in the Korean language itself. Uh, But English has crept in too. The capital city is Seoul. Uh, It has a national anthem. I'm expecting something strident and martial. Oh, it's totally that. Here we go. <laughs> oh yeah, now this is uh, this is one I can get behind. Open Gangnam Style. I know the words. It's different, isn't it? I to a lot of the other national anthems that we listen to, go for more of a marching band sound, less, less EDM. Wait, 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 wait. Oh no, no, that wasn't the national anthem. Was it not? No, it was immediately recognisable oh. as the national sound. Yes, that it was Psy with Gangnam Style, which needs no introduction because everyone knows that song. Right, uh, this actually is the South Korean national anthem. Bit of the old Star Spangled Banners kicked in there. Oh, Gangnam Style. 
<laughs> so this national anthem is called Aiguka, uh, and it means patriotic song. Which makes That's sense. Very literal, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. What should we call it? I don't know. Patriotic song. I feel like they didn't spend a lot of time on that in the marketing department. No, they did not. It is described <laughs> as the song to wake up the mind to love the country. It feels like a, a patchwork of various different songs. I heard a bit of Bread of Heaven there. I heard a bit of our national anthem, bits of American national anthem. What do you think? You like it? Uh, I'm going to give it a B. I think it's decent. B? It's decent. It's solid. <laughs> but I haven't, I'm, it hasn't roused me. But I enjoy it. And rousing you is the most important. It's, if I'm not roused, then I'm not going to get behind your nation in a war situation. <laughs> okay, Korea facts. All right. There must be many of these careers. When you just that original list you listed, you think, wow, there's just so much big stuff that's come out. It, Korea is has one of the most pronounced tidal variations in the world. Up to 30 feet, wow. nine meters tide. The moon's pulling at the sea, right? That's yeah. kind of how tides work. I would have thought that would have meant most places had the same tidal variation. You'd think so. I think this is a question for Paul Dursley and not for me. Probably is. Let's yeah. carry that over to the verdict next, right. uh, next week. South Koreans say kimchi instead of cheese when they have their photo taken. Kimchi. Kimchi. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I like that. That's better than cheese, actually. Yeah. Cheese. Uh, from 1999 until December 2020, South Koreans had been legally obligated to use Microsoft Internet Explorer. That's they how they do it. They couldn't use anywhere else. I mean, you can, you can feel Bill Gates in the <laughs> yeah. background going, hmm, how do I get people to use this yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? web browser? Internet Explorer 11 is going to be retired fully on June 15th, 2022, and I expect celebrations across South Korea. <laughs> <laughs> so once you've finished with your food delivery uh you just leave your dishes your empty dishes outside and they'll come back and the delivery person will pick it up oh that's great and collect that's it. like the old milk delivery and you yeah. leave the milk bottles out yeah that's awesome that's really cool uh korea has the highest density of robots in the world wow does robots. that mean their robots are particularly dense or they have just loads <laughs> just of robots has everyone thick. got a robot everyone's got many robots it sounds like they're used in factories they're used as prison guards they're used in hospitals as waiters in restaurants they're used as teachers so this is the this is where the robot revolution starts. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Uh, last Korean fact. Peter, are you unmarried? I am. Are you a ma an adult? S allegedly, that's what they tell me. <laughs> so in Korea, you would be nicknamed Big Baby. That's harsh. Unmarried adults are known <laughs> as Big Baby. <laughs> Well, that's not at all personal and humiliating. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you big baby, don't cry about it. <laughs> History. Would you like to know some South Korean history? I know a little, but I'd love to know more. Well, you're about to learn all of their history. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I was trying to go through it and summarise, and I just couldn't because there's just some really good stuff and I didn't know much of it. So I'm going to enlighten you in a whirlwind tour of Korean history. Well, Bear in mind, I, there is some stuff that I've had to leave out. So this is the highlights. Uh, 700,000. BCE. I love that you always start really right at the really beginning. Really right at the beginning. <laughs> Your time period is 2020 to 2025. 700,000 years ago. <laughs> it got started somewhere. Well, I need to get back to the source of this activity, right? It got started right at the beginning. 700,000 years ago, early man is there. Yeah. Would that have surprised you I too? I was not surprised that early man he got about, didn't he? Uh, 8,000 BCE. 
After a bit. <laughs> after a bit, uh, they were settling on farms. 4000 BCE, Stone Age farmers, they're forming tribes and starting to merge together into larger mm. groups of people. And by 100 to 300 CE, three kingdoms emerge. By 668 CE, all three of those kingdoms are defeated and Korea is united under the Silla kingdom. So then there's loads of wars, which takes us right up to 1200 CE when the Mongol invasions of Korea start. And that ends in, you know, after about 30 years with a peace treaty and the Mongols come in and they're like, hey, we're just going to protect you. Protect you. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, around 1400, the Joseon dynasty starts um, and by 1600, Japanese invade and are defeated. Uh, they go away, they come back, they invade again and are defeated and go away again. 1650. Three, you've got the first contact with Europe, a Dutch ship sailing around and gets shipwrecked on the coast. 1866, Korea adopts an isolationist policy, uh, refuses to trade with Westerners. But this isolationist policy, it's, it's a bit of a problem. And by 1876, uh, the Koreans sign a treaty with the Japanese saying that we're going to work together, but hey, we're like totally independent nations and we're going to do our own thing our own way. 1880, Korea is starting to fall behind in terms of technology and industry, and reform is introduced uh, with the slogan, Eastern Ethics, Western Technology. Uh -huh. There are trade treaties which are signed with the USA, with Britain, with Germany, with Russia, and with France. Oh, they picked the big guns, didn't they? So, only a couple of years after that's been signed with Japan, uh, the Korean rebels kill a Japanese military advisor, and incensed by this, Japan says, we're going to sign a new treaty together, Korea, and that increases the Japanese influence over the country. The Chinese don't really like this, and so they station their troops on Korean territory. Then, in 1894, there is a peasant uprising, and Korea is in trouble. It needs help. So, Japan sends some troops, but then refuses to leave. That will happen. Spreading... <laughs> Once you've invited a foreign nation's army into your land, quite difficult to get rid of, aren't they? And so Japan and China go to war in Korea and Japan wins. Uh, the Japanese install a regent to rule over Korea and within one year, Korean tradition is basically wiped out. Japan is just trying to reform Korea into a new Japan. And further reforms continue over the years until Japan basically controls Korean foreign policy and its relations with other countries as well. Oh, wow, I didn't know any of this. Right, just completely taking over. So by 1907, Korea accepts Japanese control of its internal affairs and the Korean army is just disbanded. A Japanese official is sent over and two years later he's assassinated. The Japanese say, you killed one of our guys, so we're just going to claim Korea now as our own. This starts the colonial period in Korea, and it lasts around about 35 years until 1945. You've got uh, bridges, factories, railways, roads are being built by the Japanese, but really only done so that Korea can become like a colony specifically built to supply Japan with food. So it's not for the benefit of Korea, it's for the benefit of Japan. This this has echoes of the railways in India kind of conversation, isn't it? The, oh, this was, look at all the development we gave you, but, yeah, but actually, uh, really. <laughs> yeah. In 1919, there are peaceful demonstrations which are greeted by Japanese arrests and executions. And this continues until 1945, when at the end of World War II, Japan surrenders and Korea is finally free of Japanese rule. At this point, Russia and America, the allies in the Second World War, they agree to split Korea into a north and a south, split it between themselves. It was intended that the two zones would eventually merge, but then the Cold War happens. And Korea, being split in two, 
Sue is now one half communist and one half democratic. So in 1950, the North Korean army, the communist army, invades the South. They get as far as Seoul and pretty much just march straight in. The Allied troops recapture the city and they push the North back across the border. The Chinese get involved, send a whole bunch of troops, 180,000 troops or something, and the North counterattacks again. And indeed, the Allies are pushed back uh, to the border. And in 1951, the communists are able to recapture Seoul. Again, they're repulsed. And at that point, there's a bit of a stalemate. In 1953, so two years later, a ceasefire is signed. 1960, there is a, a government that is elected in South Korea. It is a corrupt government. So there are riots. This ends in a military coup and General Park becomes their leader. Unfortunately, he is a rather oppressive dictator and uh, he is in charge for about 19 years when he is assassinated. At that point, there is another coup and another general takes over, this time worse, killing his opponents and crushing all the student protests, killing hundreds of, of Koreans. The 1980s happens... We have economic transformation. The country is now thriving. It's becoming a rich country. Uh, in the 1988, you've got the Olympics in Seoul, which brings the country into international limelight. During the 1990s, that economic transformation continues. Money keeps on rolling in. By 2008, you've got the first Korean in space. Um, you've got, in 2013, the first female president. In 2018, the relationship with the North starts to thaw as uh, communication lines restored. And... As of this year, 2021, South Korea omits North Korea as an enemy on its military white papers. Oh, so they're not... They're no longer classified as an enemy. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know military. that. Nor did I. So you, you didn't pick up on the, the one thing that I do know about South Korea, or about Korea, the Koreas, which me. is the uh, implementation of the mobile army surgical hospitals. <laughs> Funny enough, I didn't. No, tell me. <laughs> so MASH was set in the Korean War, right? It was, yeah. The, the old sitcom TV show thing. And that was uh, set in the Korean War, which was a United Nations war, if I remember rightly. The United Nations sent a force to help with the... the I, I don't remember MASH very well, so you'll have to remind me. Uh, well, so MASH is confusing for people because it's, it was used... It was set in the Korean War, but it's basically a commentary about the Vietnam War. So I think a lot of people remember it as being a Vietnam set show, but it's not. Actually, it's in the Korean War. And actually, the Korean War wasn't Americans in career it was the united nations i believe oh right did it have a movie as well mash the movie is that how it started i forget i think it started as a movie and became a sitcom and then became the sitcom yeah so let's talk about halloween right because this is our halloween special we should probably Ooh. cover that off I'm sure a lot of people are going to probably be aware of this, but we'll run through it anyway. It's only a short summary of what Halloween is, but for those of the people that don't know, Halloween has its roots in the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain, which marked the beginning of winter. The Celts believed that the night before Samhain, spirits from the other world appeared and destroyed crops with their frosty breath, basically leaving the land barren for winter. Now, to appease these spirits, the Celts would leave food and wine on their doorstep because who doesn't love free food and wine, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And they would wear masks when they left the house to blend in with the spirits. In the 8th century, the Christians took this pagan tradition and rebranded it as All Saints Day or All Hallows. This later became Hallows Eve and later Halloween. Nowadays, it's just an opportunity to dress up in costumes, watch horror films, snack on candy, you know, the sound of children knocking on neighbours' doors and saying the magic words, trick or treat. That's right. 
I did it. You said the magic words, Pete. I did. Well, what happens when you get when am I going to get a treat? Treat, 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 treat. Yeah, trick or treat. So I'm going to give you a treat. Ooh, hold the phone. I'm holding the phone. Ryan is getting up. Uh, oh, he's leaving the room. Uh, he's going to come back shortly, I hope. Otherwise, the, it's more of a trick because he's just gone and left me to do a podcast on my own without any research. Yeah, you can imagine if that was <laughs> <laughs> I just, just sat in front of a microphone for two hours <laughs> going, so anyway, uh, no sign of him yet. Um, <laughs> uh, right, okay. What so, a smorgasbord of goodies you have there, right? Yeah, well, so these are South Korean candy. Nice. Yeah, I went to a Korean supermarket and I picked up a variety. I'm very excited. That is a snacks, great deal of candy. None of which I've ever had before. And I am sure you probably haven't either. No, I'm, my knowledge of South Korean confectionery is just limited. Yeah. I'm going to mix these around. All close right. your eyes. Yep. Put your hand in. We're going to sample one. And whatever you have, I will have one too. Okay. Dig I'm right have, in. Dig right in. I have one of, the, one of these things from the back. Right, one of these. Okay. All right. Ooh. Okay. So that is called... Uh, see, the writing on it's uh, difficult to decipher because it's in Korean script. Yeah. All of this is in Korean. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have okay. a handy cheat guide? Describe, <laughs> describe what you've got. So it looks like a hard can. Candy, like a hard sugar candy, I guess. It's individually wrapped. A boiled sweet, we might say. Yeah, a boiled sweet, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this is candy flavoured like corn, which isn't to corn. say corn candy, which is a popular candy in America. This is corn flavoured candy. And somebody like thought, sweet corn I need flavor. a candy, I'd like it to taste like breakfast cereal. Yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. I'm ready. Oh, that's instantly an unusual flavour. Kind of popcorn meets... Coffee. Uh, yeah, it has a coffee element to it, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It's like breakfast in a boiled sweet. It's savoury, isn't it? It's, it doesn't... It is. It's got the sweetness. It's, it feels like it should be doing me some good. Because mm. <laughs> it's not tasty enough to be a treat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, here we go. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> All right, we well, look, we have a lot to go through. So mm. anytime you wish to um, trick or treat me, feel free to jump in with a magic words. All right. Okay, so that brings us neatly to Halloween in South Korea. So, the slight majority of South Koreans have no religion. In the past, shamanism, Buddhism, Confucianism, they were the core Korean culture. And while that's sort of changed recently, uh, Korean family life still to this day involves traditional rituals. So things like marking the life cycle milestones, which is another way of saying the important passages in a person's life. So for example, Koreans will celebrate a baby's first 100 days. Oh, right. They will celebrate marriage and the 61st birthday, which wow. apparently is the important one. Oh, really? Yeah, we tend to celebrate the 50th, don't we? Yeah. Side note, a South Korean born on the same day as you is already older by one year. What? How's that? What? <laughs> and... I mean, I'm glad of it because I'm the younger of the two, so I'll accept it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so if you're born uh, uh, literally at the same time, they are considered one year older because babies, when they're born, are considered to be one year old. Hence why maybe 61 is the important one. And when the next lunar new year comes, the babies go up by another year. So they can be two years old. This is quite complicated and confusing. Ancestral rites is another one. So a traditional Korean belief is that the spirits of the dead, the dead, do not leave the earth for several generations. Thus, 
deceased parents and grandparents are still considered part of the family. I'm not having mum watching me from beyond the grave. That's oh, no, they, not happy with they that don't at leave all. for several generations. Well, you have a great great grandma. Yeah, I'm not worried. Didn't know her, right? Well, she's still watching. Yeah. But according to South the Korean show, grandma. rituals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're still considered part of the family. And ancestral rites are performed to honour them on death anniversaries and on major holidays. Right. So these people don't, aren't forgotten. Uh, two of the most important holidays in South Korea are observed according to the lunar calendar. Those are Solal, which is the lunar new year, and Chuseok, which is the harvest moon festival. Essentially, their Korean Thanksgiving. Nice. But today, Judaism and Christianity, they are the dominant formal religions, and the older ways are starting to get challenged. In 1900, Christianity was barely recognised. It was about 1% of the population uh, were Christian. In 1910, Christianity had sort of become a source of resistance to the Japanese, the colonial rule, and so it started to pick up pace. In 1945, when the Japanese left, the church was basically in huge high standing. Americans were seen as the saviours, and their religion, Christianity, was the source of their strength and their wealth. So South Koreans rushed to, to Christianity even more. And in fact, today, as of 2021, there are more South Korean missionaries than in any other country. Oh, wow. Except the United States. That's remarkable. Yeah. And the Yoido Full Gospel Church, which is the largest church in the world, you know that like you see sometimes in America, those big arena churches? Yeah. It's bigger than all of those. Wow. It has 830,000 congregants. Wow. Nearly that's a million. That's a... That's a big church. Yeah, it takes up an entire riverfront block in central Seoul. So perhaps because of that connection with Christianity, or perhaps through their ties with America, Halloween has taken a foothold. And since the early 2000s, Halloween has become increasingly popular. In Seoul, it is now common to see Halloween costumes in supermarkets, decorations on the streets, small children dress up in costumes and go trick-or-treating, and 20-year-olds go to Halloween-themed parties, bars, clubs. And I only hope that they get those off-brand costumes that you can get that are things like Frederick Krauger. <laughs> other, what? The, the costumes that where they, they don't want to copyright infringe so they yeah i'm trying to work like, out what frederick crowder is Freddy, Freddy krueger oh okay yeah I'm, <laughs> i think you should have gone with something like more like octopus activities instead of squid games <laughs> octopus activities i like that <laughs> yeah talking to costumes since 2015 sales of party dresses have increased by 139 percent on halloween costumes for adults have increased by 24 percent but the biggest increase is costumes for pet dogs which has increased by 957 percent i am 100 percent behind that i love that to see it. a dog in a costume it i it is endlessly entertaining to me Spooky and dog. So I, honestly a dog with a little side and a hood i would pay money to see that love yeah. it Anyway, there you go. So, obviously, businesses uh, see that increase and they're like, hey, let's make some money. And so they are undertaking a whole bunch of Halloween events uh, and, and really trying to push it and promote it. But then coronavirus hit. And on Sunday, October 11th, 2020, South Korean authorities recorded 24,000 confirmed cases of COVID-19, which was down from where it was. So it seemed to be easing with around about 432 fatalities uh, on this Sunday. Um, so it was lower. It had gone down sufficiently enough that the prime minister said that social distancing measures could be eased for Halloween. So bars and clubs reopened and officials were so scared that Halloween parties would cause a resurgence that they sent officials and police to 153 nightclubs in Seoul to check that the rules were being followed. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. It's like your parents turning up at the school. Just dance. trying to have a good time, and then <laughs> yeah. there they are putting a down on everything. Step back six <laughs> feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they put up posters in Saul, uh, which had like this cartoon image of a ghost, and it said, "Don't end up a real ghost while enjoying Halloween." Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> coronavirus. What do you come as? Coronavirus. <laughs> oh man, can you imagine how many coronavirus costumes? Must have been must a be. lot of tennis balls stuck to leotards. Oh, men were sent wearing protective gear to walk the streets to disinfect the sidewalks. One, as a precaution against the virus, but other people believe that it was more just as a show to remind people. A little bit of hygiene theatre never went astray. Hygiene theatre, I love that, that's great. 85 bars and clubs just agreed to close. They were like, look, this is too much hassle, we're just going to get in trouble, and so they just closed. And instead, most of them hosted Halloween parties online. But despite all of this, Saul was just bustling with people, right? <laughs> it was absolutely crowded in folks in Halloween costumes. And a year later, here in 2021, most people are now vaccinated and COVID less of an impact. And so Halloween celebrations are in full force. Hurrah! I mean, everyone's wearing masks, at least. Indeed. So let me run you through some of the activities that are happening in South Korea this year. So there is a Halloween pub crawl. I can sign me up. There is a Halloween booze cruise. Also sign me up. (laughs) There is the Zombie Run Festival. I'm all right with that. Let me tell you about it, because you love running. I do enjoy running. I thought you'd like this one, you see. It's one of the most massive events in Seoul. Thousands of runners go to Seoul Race Park, and they are divided into two teams. So you have the zombies and you have the humans. The zombies are given costumes and a makeover, and the humans are given three flags, which they have to protect, carry on them and protect. They all run for 90 minutes over a distance of two miles either being chased or doing the chasing and after the run they all go and party and celebrate okay so i said i wasn't interested and i would like to immediately reverse that that sounds absolutely amazing (laughs) and i really want to play (laughs) yeah i thought you'd love that but i just ripped up the ticket now you said you didn't want to do it so sorry dude uh, there is Lot World or Lottie World. It's an indoor theme park, loads of rides, usual sort of things. And people are encouraged to wear a costume, turn up and have fun. But oh no, a virus has broken out at the park. Oh no. And the infection has spread. Infected. Zombies are invading the park. Oh, And do you know what they're bringing? Flags. Dance parties. Dance parties. <laughs> yeah, and zombie attacks. Those are the two things it advertises. I've got, yeah, okay, right. So it's like, I have an insatiable hunger for brains and the beat. <laughs> K-pop. <laughs> then there is Escape Psycho Circus, which is a special show which originates in Southern California. It's held at Seoul Grand Park and it features Halloween mazes, themed stages, costume performers. It's centered sort of around a horror theme, uh, but in a circus. And uh, it offers two nights of monstrous beats. Techno. Horror, horror. Yeah. Ah! Uh, (laughs) uh, Special effects, freaks, fortune tellers, contortionists, and in their words, bizarre characters. I think we could get a job there, mate. You think so? Yeah, yeah. Just bizarre characters, I think we (laughs) could come under. Hello, I'm applying to be a bizarre character. Say the words. Trick or treat. Right. Put your hand in the bowl. All right. Dig I mean, in, dig I mean, in. I mean, You've got to go mean. deep. You've got to go deep. I'm getting, I've got, oh, this feels, oh. it's like a stick. Oh, it's, okay. uh, you're going to love this. Oh, this is interesting. It's uh, like a tube, a plastic tube. About how many, how long would you it's say? About, uh, three or four inches? Uh, four inches, maybe three inches. Um, it's got a liquid inside it. It feels like, do you know those um, pops you put in the freezer? Yeah. 
It's like one of those before you've put it in the freezer. Yeah, like it is. Uh, these are, you can actually read this one. It says jelly straws. Jelly straws. It's a jelly oh. straw. It's got a little open at the top, so you can just rip that. But Oh, yeah, okay. I've been advised to just be careful with the initial rippage. Okay. So it doesn't pour everywhere. What colour is yours, by the way? Mine is, um, it's kind of a cola colour, I would say. Sort of a brownish. I've got pink. So what flavour do you think it doesn't, Well, I'm, I'm hoping it's a cola. Otherwise, it's like going to be a tea or something, which I'm not, not at home coffee. to at all. Weak coffee. Yeah. <laughs> tree. Mm, okay. Yeah, it does squirt a little bit. Mm, cool. Quite hard mm. to get into, isn't it? I'm in it. I'm in it. Oh, you're in it. Okay. Mm. Oh, it's jelly. It's very jelly. Right. And by jelly, you mean jello? Yeah, jello for our American yeah. listeners. Oh, that's delicious. That's good, isn't it? A strawberry. Yeah. Oh, I'm pleased. Oh, that's really nice. I mean, it is just like a tiny mouthful a tiny of... tiny jelly, isn't it? Jelly, jelly, yeah. Yeah, I like that. It's got like a worm it has <laughs> feel a, to it. It doesn't have a certain sensation. I, I, I dig it. I'm for it. Oh, I'll suck the whole thing out. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm going all in. Here we go. Mmm, spooky and delicious. Yeah, it's definitely a cola. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm jealous, actually. No, the strawberry was good, but I love a cola. Right. <laughs> What was the subject for this episode? Halloween. No. Pumpkins. <laughs> uh, jack-o'-lanterns. Jack-o'-lanterns, yeah. that's right. Not specifically pumpkins, and you'll find out why. So, a jack-o'-lantern. It's a lantern, which is a device for shining light. It's made from a hollowed-out vegetable, in which holes are cut out to create a ghoulish face. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's traditionally made for centuries as like a Halloween decoration, but it originates from an Irish myth about a man, and his name is... Finn. No, Jack. Jack. Oh, Jay, yeah, I should have guessed that. Really, not. <laughs> yeah. Stingy Jack. Stingy Jack. <laughs> That's oh, his name. Man. Yeah. So it's, That's not good. It's <laughs> an Irish myth about a guy called Stingy Jack. Did you say Finn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. <laughs> right, according to the story, let me tell you a story. Spooky music. Ooh. I, no, I, I meant I'll put it over. Oh, okay. So, according to the story, Stingy Jack invites the devil to have a drink with him. As you do. Yeah, well, the devil's uh, got all the best tunes, famously. Right? He's probably the most fun. He's on the jukebox. Yeah. Uh, the other guy would just be like, oh, I've probably had enough. I probably should get to go home yeah, and get some sleep yeah, early. I've got yeah. a lot of people to look after in the morning. Yeah. Put a harp medley on. <laughs> <laughs> it's always playing that harp. Oh, it's so tiresome. <laughs> right, so Stingy Jack doesn't want to pay for his drink, though. This is how you get a name like Stingy Jack, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. He convinces the devil to turn himself into a coin. All right, nice place, Stingy Jack. But Jack doesn't use it to buy a drink with. He just pockets the coin. Clever, right? Greedy and stingy. Stingy. I love this guy. So he puts it in his pocket. In his pocket is a silver cross. Ooh. Right, and that prevents the devil from escaping. So the devil's stuck as a coin in his pocket. <laughs> I love these old stories. <laughs> Eventually, Jack does decide that he's going to free the devil for reasons that remain unknown to time. <laughs> that feels like a poor decision. I mean, already, I'm not an expert on Stingy Jack's lifestyle, but I feel like Stingy Jack should not release the devil. Right, but he does. He releases the devil, but under, only under two conditions, which means that he was having a sit-down conversation with a coin at one point. So... so. <laughs> Basically, the conditions were, one, the devil would not bother Stingy Jack for one year. I think he could have really negotiated harder there, but okay. (laughs) And, two, should Jack die, the devil could not claim his soul. Oh, that seems like a better contingency. That year thing feels irrelevant now. I feel like they negotiated that down. He was like ten years, (laughs) devil was like one, he was like five, he went one, (laughs) he went five. All right, I'll take it. But you can't have me when I'm dead. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The next year... 
Jack is a little bit concerned. This is going to be a long year, that one. Right. He should have asked for more years. Well, clearly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what does he do? Um, That's right. He tricks the devil. Because he's done it before, right? It's easy. Is he still carrying around in his pocket at this point? No, or? no, no. Devil's doing devil things. Okay. That's fine. Because he's no longer a coin. So he's just gone for dinner then and said, look, uh, we need to talk about this agreement. Right. So he tricks the devil. And how does he trick the devil this time? <laughs> what he does is he tricks him by telling him he wants a piece of fruit at the top of a tree. Ah, oh, brilliant. So would you go and climb the tree for me and get me that fruit? I feel the devil's not coming off great in this. Uh, he's. Uh, if I were the devil, I'd be like, well, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do any of those things. <laughs> but the devil does do it. Well, he's, I, I'm warming to the devil. He's a helpful soul, right? He's just trying his best, really. He come across as particularly <laughs> devilish, does he? Anyway, the devil does it. He climbs up the tree, but he doesn't know that Jack has carved a cross onto the tree. Oh, that man. So he can't get back down. No way. He's now stuck up a stuck tree. Stuck up a tree. <laughs> Again. And Jack says, Stingy ah, Jack. <laughs> devil. <laughs> I want 10 years. I want 10 years. 10 years. Is that. <laughs> he, I mean, he, I'm really I'm, I'm struggling to comprehend this guy's thinking, but all right. So the devil goes, sure, whatever. <laughs> Just that will be up this tree, right? <laughs> <laughs> but soon Jack dies. Oh, that was a twist you didn't see coming, wasn't it? Oh. Right? So he didn't need those 10 years, it turns out. Anyway, Stingy Jack, now in heaven. He meets God. Right. And God says, mm, You've been kind of a jerk. What are you doing here? You have a bit of a, a <laughs> reputation, young man. We don't have people of reputation here, so get out. Hit the road. Oh, God. Hit the road, Jack. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, did that. I do see what you did there. So that's not a problem for Jack. Jack's cool. Jack's got the devil in his body. He knows how to outfox this He's weirdly helpful sword. demonic presence. Right. So he goes down to hell because that's the only other place, right? Heaven and hell. So he goes to hell and the, he meets the devil who's like, oh, like hello. hello. <laughs> <laughs> And um, the devil says, well, Stingy Jack, I would love to let you in here, but you're a bit of a jerk, so I'm not going to let you into hell. Also, you said that I couldn't have your soul, so couldn't let you in, even if you wanted to. Hoist by your own petard. Indeed. Right. Anyway, so Jack can't get into hell either. So what the devil does is he gives Jack a burning coal to light his way in the dark that is neither heaven nor hell. And so... Jack, just wandering around with a very hot coal in his hand, he decides to put it into a carved turnip, because huh? reasons, and he then roams the earth evermore. <laughs> yeah. Now, the Irish referred to this ghostly figure, this guy walking around with a carved turnip as Jack of the Lantern, and then simply... Jack-o'-lantern. Jack-o'-lantern. All right. Yeah. So in the 19th century, Irish and Scottish immigrants, they go to America. They revive the tradition of walking around, I guess, with a hot coal and a turnip. Because <laughs> <laughs> what else are you going to do? Uh, but because they're in America, they're now using these hollow, softer, much larger pumpkins, which are more easier able to carve. So pumpkins are now associated with jack-o'-lanterns. Excellent. That's really good. I find uh, Stingy Jack to be a terrible figure. <laughs> I mean, it's in his name. I he's, mean, you know, it's, it doesn't belie a, a person of merit. I love that he thought he was clever and he ended up just like in limbo, wandering around with a hot coal in a banana or whatever it was. Not a banana. Right, um, it's trick or treat time. Right. I was going to say that spontaneously. Well, right. good. Hand in deep, 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 deep. Rummage. I want rummaging. 
Okay, what have you got? Ooh, interesting. Oh, this is a... Oh, you've gone green, I've gone red. All right. I don't, I don't know what this is at all. Nor do I, actually. I've totally forgotten what this one is. So let's just try it. Just to give it a go. It's like in a foil packet. Yeah. Uh, Mine's it's... red, yours is green. I can't I can't get it. Open. It feels like a hard candy, but I'm. it might not be. It looks... Oh, it looks like a toffee. Oh, okay. That's cool. Oh, oh this is like a caramel like or something like that. Caramel. Yeah. All right, here we go. All right. Oh, yeah, it's like a ni- nice little uh, nugget of... Oh, that's fudge or something? Like a fudge? This is more like it. Oh, that's nice. We don't no, want it. That's a sort of fudge meets toffee, isn't it? Oh, no, wait. No, no, the middle is different. Really? Mine isn't. Mine's nutty in the middle. Mm, no, mine's just a lovely toffee. Dang it. Mm. Oh, no. Mine's got nuts. Oh, my Lord. Ryan has produced a large, well, medium-sized cardboard box with pumpkins in it. Yeah. I think they're pumpkins anyway. I'm not really a good vegetable spotter. Good gourd. Ah, they... that's great. <laughs> that's really good. So, do you want to hear more about pumpkins? I do. Okay, well, while I'm telling you about pumpkins, you will note that you have a cardboard box which is packed to the rim with pumpkins. Stuffed with pumpkins. Yeah, in there is also candles and a black carry case, which if you open it up... Looks like a murder kit. Kind of, yeah. If you open it up, you'll see. It says, Happy Halloween. Oh, my Lord, it's like a... It does. It looks increasingly like a murder kit with every uh, exposure. It's got a sort of saws and a thing that looks really like a, just a shiv. I, I, I would, you would succeed in prison with this kit, is all right. I'm saying. A well, sort of serrated angry spoon and a gouging device. Right. This is a professional Halloween pumpkin <laughs> carving kit. Oh, my Lord. So while I'm talking to you, I feel like it would be useful for you to select from this collection of pumpkins in front of you a pumpkin to carve. Yes. And uh, by the end of it, uh, at the end of this episode, it'd be nice if we had a little pumpkin to sort of put up on our website. We can. All right. Oh, this is sinister, this thing. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Okay, I am going to commence the cut. I'm going to start. This this well, one is very big. The big I'm one, tempted to, to go for the big one, but I'm also nervous that that's a lot of pumpkin to be carving. I mean, it does seem to be that the bigger ones are the easier ones to carve. So uh, when you're going through those, let me let me just give you a little bit of background before you start, perhaps. Okay. So pumpkins. The jack-o'-lantern is a specific variety of pumpkin. That is its name. Oh, really? Yes. I did not know that. Well, there are other varieties too. This is why I tune into this podcast. And uh, here are some of their names. You've got the Jackpot, the Jumpin' Jack, the Happy Jack, the Funny Face, the Ghost Rider, the Spooktacular. I'm sorry, I've got to cut you off here. Are you making these up? Because nope. these are real... These are real pumpkin varieties. So if I went, I need a Ghost Rider, so I'm going to go... Yeah, yeah here's some that. seeds, or yeah, here's some stuff. Wow. Yeah. Here's some other ones. Spooktacular, Big Autumn, Autumn Gold, Mammoth Gold, Harvest Moon... Big Moon, Bushkin Frosty, Winter Luxury, Sugar Treat, Amish Pie, Baby Bear, Baby Pam, Big Tom, Big Max, Atlantic Giant, Connecticut Field, Long Island Cheese. <laughs> you, now, I, just, I feel Arca like you're Chinada. taking an improv class. <laughs> you're just making up camping names. <laughs> Arca Chinada and my favourite, HR8311. HR8311. Yeah. The scientists named that one, didn't they? It's like, well, uh, we've genetically modified this one. <laughs> yeah. So this is the reason why you've got a whole box of pumpkins. These are I different see. varieties of pumpkins. Unfortunately, I don't know which is which. So <laughs> I can't tell you which one's a big moon from a Bushkin Frosty. A Bushkin Frosty. Because I was going to go for the Bushkin Frosty as well. Right. Well, I think I'm going to go classic. I'm going to try and get to get the big lad. Now, the smaller ones, there are, these might actually be classified under the, the miniature pumpkin varieties. And those names include Jack Be Little, Wee Be Little, and Baby Boo, which is my favourite. 
baby boos are all white. You'll recognise them. They look like um, like a little ghost. All right, I'm gonna get. I'm. I'm you going big? Attempt, I think I'm going big. I think I am. That's fine. These are because these seem super dense. I mean, you don't have ones. to just do one. If you're if quick enough, you can do as many as you want. They all need to be done at some point. I have some experience of pumpkin carving. Oh, and what I learned was I am not very good at it. Uh, I break a lot of tools, and I can't be trusted. Basically, well, this is good <laughs> practice because you have a lot of pumpkins in front of you. But this kit is a lot more substantial than the kit I was using, which was like pound shop. <laughs> Plastic, yeah, basically dollar store stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, ooh. honestly, just this, please don't cut yourself. This is that, so as spooky sinister. as that would be. I mean, look, that is a shiv. Yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me tell you some more about pumpkins while you're uh, starting to carve your pumpkin. So, pumpkin comes from the Latin word pumpion, from the Greek word pepon, which means large melon. Large melon. Large melon. That's what pepon means, yeah. Around the world, the pumpkin is known uh, differently. It, pumpkin is not internationally recognised. Uh, other other countries have names for it. So in Germany, you might ask for a kürbis. 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 Yeah. Hand me my kürbis. In Mongolia, you might ask for a hulu. In Scotland, you might ask for a peapag. A peapag. Aye, a wee peapag. You've got Tikva in Serbia, Kalabatsa in Spanish, Kuvok, which is in Uzbek, Yaktin in Arabic, Tikva in Bulgaria, Zuka in Italy. You've got the Greskar in Norwegian. None of these, by the way, sound remotely similar. So everyone's come up with their own word independently. <laughs> Fakthong in Thailand, Gargaj in Armenian. Gargaj, I like that one. Gargaj is good, yeah. Kerbis in Latvia and Dovliak in Romanian. So lots of different names for the word Pumpkin. Pumpkins are a type of squash. They're a member of the Kirkabita family, if that means anything to you. Absolutely nothing. Well, for somebody out there, it does. They grow on a plant, which might surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> they, the plant has large leaves and the sprawling vines, which really do go for a, a long old distance. They have coiled leaves on them called tendrils, and uh, they also bloom. They have a large yellow-orange flower, which only lasts a day, and they are entirely edible. You can eat the flowers. Oh, nice. Yeah. The pumpkin itself has a hard outer shell, as you are Does, currently experiencing. I can experiencing. testify to that. Yeah. It has a fleshy inside. I can also testify to that, because right now I am wrist deep in pumpkin. <laughs> now, you can eat that fleshy inside, and people do. It is also stuffed with seeds, which you can also eat. I can, I'm removing the seeds as we speak. Okay. So, pumpkins. You can eat them. They've got excellent health benefits. They are recognised as an excellent source of magnesium, of zinc, of fibre, and omega-3 fatty acids. Favourite fatty acid. They aid weight loss. Not if you're eating treats all night. But <laughs> Pumpkin pie and <laughs> Korean sweets. Yeah. Apparently they help with your eyes. So eye health. Prostate health. <laughs> staring at I me. wish there was a audio meaningful look. <laughs> the seeds are good for heart health. They boost your immune health. The seed extract is used for bladder function and it apparently helps digestion, improves your mood and helps with sleep. This has improved my mood already. I'm having a lovely time. There you go. So you might want to learn to grow your own pumpkin. It's entirely possible. Pumpkins are grown all over the world. Uh, they can be grown in containers, in pots, in backyards, greenhouses, pretty much wherever you want to grow something, you can grow a pumpkin. One single pumpkin plant plant can produce between two and five pumpkins. One acre of land can generate about 1,000 pumpkins. I'd, I've, I have an observation to make. Okay. Having now wiped my hands, having removed a lot of pumpkin entrail, mm -hmm. it's a vivid orange colour, which is yeah. very much the Halloween colour, isn't it? It is. 
So was the, I wonder if the pumpkin was the source of this orange as the colour of Halloween. You'll notice that the pumpkin box that you've got there, though, some are green, some are orange and green, some are yellow. That's true. Some are knobbly, some are smooth. They're quite... Some are oblong. I, I tried to pick ones that showed a variety in, in the size. And, there is a remarkable diversity of pumpkins available. Indeed. That's right. So if you wanted to grow a pumpkin, it needs at least six hours of direct, unfiltered sun each day. It's a lot of sun. Um, it also needs a lot of water. Pumpkins are 80 to 90% water. So they need uh, about four and a half litres a week, which is about 16 gallons of water. So that's about one inch of rainwater. They should be turned pretty much all the time, every day, and with great care so that you don't hurt the vine or the stem. And that encourages that round shape that you've got. Otherwise, they just sort of squidge to one side. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's recommended that you put cardboard or some sort of thin wooden board under the plant to prevent it touching the, the wet soil so that it doesn't decay or get insect damage. So there's a lot of effort to go involved in in, in growing a pumpkin. But there are uh, pumpkin producers all over the world. The top five pumpkin producers are... Let's go with number one. What do you think? I think the USA is going to be your number one pumpkin producer. It's in the top five. It's number five. There are four more countries above America. All right. Well, I think clearly... Kazakhstan people are keen pumpkin growers. You would be wrong. It's a good guess, like just I was, randomly. Uh, I was out there, wasn't it? I yeah. appreciate that. So Spain. Not Spain. Not on the list. South America somewhere. Mexico. That was number six. Argentina. No. Iran, number four. I was. They were not on my list, I'll be honest no. with you. <laughs> Russia, number three. Oh, really? Yeah. Number two is India. Oh, really? And number one, it's China. Ah. Give yourself a little pat on the back if you said China to yourself. And if you didn't, well, you know. There'll be other quizzes. You're still smart. We love you. There's room for everyone in the <laughs> History Happened Everywhere Church. <laughs> right. £1.5 billion of pumpkin is grown in the United States for Halloween, just for carving. Carved his eyeball out now. Oh, it's exciting. And it came with a bit of sort of optic nerve. It was I, kind of creepy. That's what I thought you were showing me. Yeah. 147 million Americans, roughly 44% of the population, they will buy a pumpkin in 2021. So if you're listening to this and you live in America and you have your own pumpkin, you are one of 147 million. Uh, at an average cost of $4... Uh, per pumpkin, it's approximately 700 million in total that is spent. And in 2010, the world's largest jack-o'-lantern was carved by a guy called Scott Cully in New York, and it weighed 821 kilograms, which is slightly heavier than an adult giraffe. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That is remarkably large. What did he carve it into? I mean, you've got to plan your carving. Oh, it's like a monster face. It's huge. Like, really huge. Anyway, there you go. Hold on, Scott Cully. I'm having a marvellous time, by the way. Do you want a treat while you're having a I would a love a treat, time? yeah. Trick or treat, please. Oh, hello. Oh, okay. What's oh, this is interesting. Like a little roll of sweets. It's got a minion oh. on it, by the looks of it. Yeah, other minions are available. But yes, this is sponsored by minions. These are described as something cakes. I forget what. Cakes. Okay. So it's like, it looks like a, just a roll of uh, hard sweets, like you get um, Lifesavers in America or... Yeah, but on the inside... Is it just one thing? It's just one... They look like communion wafers on the inside. Oh, that's looks like uh, someone's cut up a cork from a wine bottle <laughs> and just, just sliced it. That is amazing. <laughs> that's exactly what it looks like. That's quite interesting. It looks like a biscuit. It's or yeah, sort of a biscuity kind of texture. Gra granular. Well, it's got a sweet... Sort of dusty, sweet, chewy. I'm finding this, uh, it's 
This is falling between so many different sensations for me. It is sweet. It's sort of chewy, but not chewy. It sort of crunches, but doesn't crunch. That is a bizarre... I don't know what to make thing. of that. No. I'm not sure. Well, I don't... I'm, my senses are confused. Are you going for another one? I'm having another one. I'm like, should you chew it? You, you don't suck it. Cause then, I think if you sucked it, it would just turn to like... It's like compressed mush. sweet dust. Yeah. Anyway, right, there you go. That is weird treat that Julia, one. I would yeah. say. <laughs> okay, so jack-o'-lanterns. We've talked about jack-o'-lanterns, we've talked about pumpkins, but what about jack-o'-lanterns in South Korea? So in the olden days, autumn was the time when people would harvest big old wrinkled pumpkins that were sort of the colour of a dusty orange clay. They would often harvest them not from a field, but from stone walls where these vines grew naturally, or from the straw roofs of people's houses, I'm told. How cool is that? Do you clamber up on your roof and take a pumpkin? Pop up. Yeah, when you consider these are vines, right? So they, they do. Yeah, I suppose they on. go where they go, right? They go where they go. So they were known as old pumpkin. That's that's what the Korean translates as. Um, they were large, not too sweet, and one was enough to feed a family of eight. So they basically stored as many of them as they could over the winter, and they would use them to make stew, soup, porridge, serve them as a snack, that sort of stuff. You can do anything with, with a pumpkin. Kimchi, and you can oh, indeed. I do love a bit of kimchi. Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. You can pickle it, you can put it in stews. There's there's lots you can do. Right, including pumpkin soup. Ooh. Hold the phone. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have... Oh, now I'm excited because I'm really in the mood for a bit of soup. I'm a big soup fan. So, Peter, I am back and I have brought for you a bowl of... It's spooky soup. <clears throat> it's not soup. I just read the packet. Because uh, it was in Korean, so I used like an app on my phone to oh, right. check the packet, okay. and it's actually pumpkin porridge, which pumpkin we were talking about porridge. anyway. So here we go, traditional pumpkin porridge. It's got bits in it. I don't know what they are. That's um, the app so it was not like, specific. I mean, it's sort of gelatinous, uh, gelatinous. I would say it looks like a soup. It looks like a soya bean. It looks like a rich pumpkin. Like a rich soya bean in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's quite. It's almost sweet. Yeah, sweet pumpkin. Mm. So. South Korean pumpkins are known as sweet pumpkins, and they are green and small. Smaller the pumpkin, the sweeter it, it, it becomes. That is, I'm, I'm finding my, my soup brain is confused by the fact that it's sweet. It is gelatinous, like you said, but it's delicious. It's much sweeter than you would think it is. It's really quite sweet, but not like sickly candy sweet, but it's curious. It's really good. Okay, so yes, that is the Hanoba, <laughs> which is the little green sweet pumpkin. Green sweet pumpkin. That's really quite sweet. Yeah. And they are pretty much really only available at sort of traditional markets. So they're not everywhere. Okay. The big orange jack-o'-lantern pumpkin, uh, that's even rarer. There are little forums and things that I went online where there are people in South Korea going, I want a pumpkin, like a traditional American pumpkin. Where do I get it from? And there are a few people saying this market, that market, but prepare to spend money on, on getting it. In fact, there's no actual word for jack-o'-lantern, so they've just come up with their own. So it's jig o lantern <laughs> which is jack-o'-lantern. Also, if you turned up at a market, you could ask for a hoba, which is a pumpkin, or a squash, or like a zucchini. Or there is hobang lantern, which is pumpkin lantern. There's another word that you could ask for it. Right. Oh, here we go. Right. Or... <laughs> These are my favourite bits as you stride gamely towards a very difficult word. Hobag elu mandun chalong, which means lanterns made of pumpkin. Oh, right. So you could use any of those words were you to be in South Korea and in desperate dire need of a big uh, orange pumpkin. That's good. Now, I, I also slightly like the fact that the only Korean you now speak is Jack-o'-lantern. Jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> 
but with Halloween becoming like a growing festival, places like Costco, wholesalers, they're now starting to stock it seasonally as well. So they're importing them uh, so that people can get hold of them. In fact, in 2021 in Pangyo, there is a place called Craftworks and they're having a Halloween pumpkin carving event. Right. So you're... I'll be ready to enter. You are now ready to enter with your, with your sweet tools, pro as you are. <laughs> <laughs> in Itaewon, the Sweet East Cafe this year are serving pumpkin spiced latte. Oh, so that's a thing in this country, isn't it? Or certainly in America, in America. that's a sort of changing of the seasons thing where the pumpkin latte becomes available. Super popular with the uh, young ladies on Instagram, I understand. But in general, pumpkins have a relatively large untapped market. In fact, there are pockets of society where the poor have a vitamin A deficiency, which in some cases sadly leads to blindness and even infant mortality. So mangoes and pumpkins are being promoted at the moment in South Korea in nutrition programs to those areas. But of the two, pumpkins are the ones that store really well. So is that that orangey colour related to that then? Because carrots also have that vitamin A content. Hold that thought. Oh, okay. Yeah, so pumpkins store really well. They don't require refrigeration and they're easy to grow. In fact, and this is to your point, the Korean Science and Engineering Foundation are funding research to use the same technology that's used to extract caffeine from coffee beans for decaffeinated coffee. It's called SFE, which is the supercritical fluid extraction. Oh, right. And they're using that to draw out carotenoids, which is the stuff that gives them that orange color. And that is what makes them basically super healthy. So if they can extract that, they can boost it, get it in foods get a super pumpkin whatever you know the 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 technology is there all right and talking of technology before we move on do you want to treat i definitely do Okay, I've got something. Got something rustly. Oh, that's an interesting looking thing. Okay, it, so these are traditional Korean cookies. So this, it's uh, looks like a sort of chrysanthemum kind of shape, maybe. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a cookie. Oh, it's like a very syrupy, mm-hmm. very syrupy, almost a pudding like. Okay, so it's quite soft. It's very soft. Oh, that wasn't what I was expecting. It's like a the treacle in a treacle tart almost, but with a bit more breading. Yeah, bread definitely. It's mm. got a bready feel. Mm. It's really hard to describe that one. Try and imagine something bready, but also cookie-ish and syrup-ish and sweet. It's Mm. quite substantial. Mm. Okay, right. So let's talk about technology. By 2025, the population of Korea is set to rise by about a million people just within the next three or four years. So the world's population by 2025 is likely to reach 8.2 billion people. Cities are going to become crowded. There's going to be a need to feed all of these people and access to fresh, healthy food is going to be a challenge. And here is why. Traditional farms are taking up a huge amount of space, right? Vehicles are needed to harvest the crops and they're using fossil fuels. There is a 40% chance that the the global average temperature will be the hottest on record by 2025, 40% chance. And demand for water because of that is going to expand. Currently 70% of the world's water is used for agriculture. Then there's the everyday challenges of farming, the seasonal weather, pests, natural disasters. Also, you've got young people. They're just not wanting to stay in rural areas, funnily enough. They want to get out and go do stuff in the cities and they just don't want to hang out with their parents doing farming. And farming is expensive. At the end of 2019, South Korea lost its developing nation status, which means that it can't use any tariffs anymore for it to protect its farmers. And then, of course, there's the effect of coronavirus as well. So all in all, the South Korean government is a little bit concerned and they are, in fact, doubling down on technology as the answer to avoid a potential crisis within the next three or four years. 
Specifically, what they're doing is they're investing in things called smart farms. Now, even before COVID, Korea was actually piloting various forms of smart farms known as vertical farming. You might have heard them. You might have seen some sort of things on the news because they're starting to, to be more popularized. I've seen a couple of articles about this. Right. So smart farms produce food stacked in layers vertically rather than out on a big field horizontally. And they're produced inside a structure rather than outside to, to, the, to the elements. The environment within these structures, the temperature, the light, the humidity, all the gas gases, carbon dioxide and oxygen, all that sort of stuff, it's all automatically controlled. So they're essentially a futuristic greenhouse. They maximise your farming space in a limited, smaller area, and it doesn't use any sunlight or any soil because you're using LEDs and you're using materials that just don't need it. you just got water and nutrients and that's pretty much it. So the benefits of these vertical farms is that they use 90% less water than traditional farming. They don't use soil. They use a, a thing called rock wool. It's a type of bedding for the plants, uh, which is like the type of fibre made of basalt rock and chalk. Oh, really? Yeah, and basically a shoebox size bed of this uh, rock wool can accommodate up to 12, 15, 15 metre tomato vines. What? They don't use pesticides, herbicides, or fungicides because it's all inside, so there aren't any pests because nothing can get in. It's all controlled. They grow plants 24-7, basically shortens the, the growth cycle to half. They produce more produce per square foot than on an actual farm. The food is more nutritious. It's safer, so there's no risk of disease or pollution, allergens, pesticides, that sort of stuff. And, of course, the, the uniformity, the quality of the products is pretty much exactly the same. You're, you're producing exactly the same quality of stuff. And because of that, shops, stores, consumers are more eager to buy it. They know what they're going to get, so they're more willing to put an order in. You can grow whatever you like. Uh, you're not dependent on the local climate. There's no cost to transport it or import produce from overseas because you can now grow all of those exotic products that you, you would like to and you would normally ship from far-flung places. You can just grow them yourself. A lost crop can be replaced immediately rather than you have to wait a full year for the next cycle. There's less face-to-face -face contact in farming and selling. There's reduced need for manpower. So these can all be re remotely controlled, so even by a smartphone. But this all feels like excellent news. There is a caveat. To oh, I that. thought there was going to be about coming up. So. No, 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 no. There is a caveat to, to one of these things. And that is that with the manpower, reduced manpower, you still have to, although you can do it on your phone, you still need to have some people there to pollinate the flowers, like for a lot of these plants require on pollination. Right. So far, that, that can't be done digitally. So because there are no insects to pollinate the plants, which is right. not normally happens, humans are required to go in and give them a helping hand. <laughs> and what they do is they take a vibrating wand... And they go plant to plant and vibrate the plants. Excellent. What's your job? I'm a flower pervert. <laughs> <laughs> so the botherer. And it shakes the flowers so much, so vigorously, that all the pollen just falls out. But gently at the same time, right? Because it's just a yeah. nice, gentle, yeah, there's a job for you. So it occurs to me that what you've actually just described is there is there's just one missing link between Farmville, the Facebook game, the, mm. the great popular thing, act, and actual farming. All you've got to do is like bring those people and go and sign up to do farm and actually right. they're actually working a farm somewhere in a warehouse in Korea. That's exactly right. So let me tell you about some of those Korean startups, right? Some of the companies that are out there. There are companies called N-Thing, Nexton, and Farm8. Those are the three leaders at the moment in vertical farming in, in South Korea. Nexton has built a small vertical farm in an abandoned tunnel under a mountain. They even play classical music to their plants to encourage them to grow. Well, wow, 
It's lovely. Yeah. End thing. It feels like a Bond villain's lair, though, the it one does. you just described. <laughs> just very green. Yeah. End thing offers a portable farm called The Cube which allows flexible growth. So if you're a farmer, you can buy one cube. And if it does well, next year you can buy another one or another two and hook them up. So So can I have one of these in my cupboard? I can have a cupboard full of uh, growing... You absolutely can, yeah. I I even believe that I think IKEA and some others are now starting to sell hydroponics um, to be able to create your own little internal farming. So you could have a little lettuce growing. Wow. Yeah, but these guys are obviously focused more on on the commercial side of this. Uh, But yeah, they are actually doing more consumer-led ones as well. Farm 8 is a company which sells close to about 40 tonnes of packaged salad a day. And that includes to Starbucks and GS25, which is Korea's like um, leading convenience store chain. They have also, this is Farm 8, they've installed a metro farm in a subway station in Seoul, which uses like unused space to have a vertical farm. And they encourage visits from the public. You can go along, you can visit, see the technology, see see the plants growing. Yeah. And you can also to buy the produce as well they got a little shop next to it all in this underground station and now because of all this tech younger people are being attracted to it just like me and you are like oh this sounds awesome i want to see one of these things like a farm on an app for sure <laughs> for sure yeah <laughs> there's a there's a company a south korean company called farm 66 and they won recently won the hong kong emerging brand award for their aquaponic vertical farms aquaponics is where you use fish in the process and the fish give out waste that waste is used as fertilizer which yeah, I had a goldfish that was all he ever did to be honest <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then you filter that water back to the fish and so on and so on so it's just reused as part of that cycle and those you can get for your house um, so you can have a little fish in your pot at the bottom of your cabinet a little aquaponics rig right absolutely a little aquaponics I feel rig. like I've wandered into a, a sci-fi movie of my youth at this point right and yet it's only what as, as of time of recording four years away is when we're looking at this being mainstream. Wow. Yeah. So unsurprisingly, you can see my South Korea is sort of just leaning into into this at home, but also globally. They want to be a key player in the what they're calling the agritech industry. And some of the companies that we've just spoken about, they are now selling vertical farms to the global market. Everything from like, as you say, the refrigerator sized machine to a 40 foot container that you can buy. South Korea is building these units, which they're selling to the Middle East at the moment. They're called the Planty Cube and they're like a shipping container sized box. So uh, 12, about 12 meters long. And they're filled with these racks of crops, uh, like lettuce and stuff. Um, they sell for about 130,000 US dollars each. So about 100,000 pounds, uh, about that. And in 2020, 10 of those planty cubes were installed in Abu Dhabi. And 50 more have since been bought for being installed in 2021 to 22. And Saudi Arabia, Oman, Kuwait, many others in the Middle East, they've all started to place orders and will take delivery in the next few years as well. Well, this is exciting stuff, I have to say. I like that an upbeat view of technology. A lot of the, the futurism we get is very bleak with the environmental situation that we're facing. So I can only thank you for giving me a, a, an upbeat, positive view, view of the future. Well, there's a lot of technology uh, that, that is coming out of Korea. It really is that place. Um, Hyundai at the moment have just sponsored a pilot project, which I think goes live next year, 2022, which will see flying taxis, essentially drone car, which will fly you across across the city to the next port and you can get out there. 
Wow. I think flying cars is going to be a way forward. In, in fact, 6G is something that South Korea is currently investing in because the faster that you can get the the internet, essentially, and the, with less latency, the more you're able to control drones and flying vehicles with greater accuracy. Oh, right. I'm blown away. I really am. Yeah, I'm excited. It's, it's, it feels like a place I'd be, I'd be happy to live. Super exciting. So that's all great, but... Can these vertical farms grow a jack-o'-lantern pumpkin? Definitely, yes, I'd right? say. So one of the criticisms of virtual farming at the moment is that it's mostly being used to produce like leafy greens, small fruits and berries. Basically, the higher calorie vegetables and crops, they're not being grown yet. But it's not impossible. There is plenty of videos on YouTube showing people actually growing pumpkins using hydroponics, but it's just not yet at commercial levels. By 2025... More people will have experience in that field. Technology will have improved. And importantly, because all of this is digital and you're able to control everything about these farms, you're getting data. And so the data generated by these farms and the farms that will have been going for a few years by that point will have provide millions of data points that can be analysed by all sorts of data analysis companies and help move that farming process forward more efficiently. So really exciting stuff. Hopefully one day you'll be able to see whole shelves full of jack-o'-lantern pumpkins that are grown, jack -o -lantern. Uh, grown under a mountain. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously it's not natural. In the truest sense, so but is that kind of I'm the price a to pay? I'm not a believer in the concept of natural. If I'm honest, I think everything that is in the world is natural. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, yeah, uh, yeah. But look, I mean, it's. I think it's certain that given the direction that we're all facing uh, with global climate and population growth, that traditional methods they're just going to start to slip away and and be replaced. I, for one, look forward to my undermountain lettuce dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also worth noting uh, that November 11th is Farmer's Day in South Korea. Farmer's Day. Farmer's Day. I would used to feel a bit sorry for them, but now I know they're the sitting there with a rope on their screen. <laughs> yeah. <now>. Less, less <laughs> sympathetic. <laughs> Horny handed son of the soil. Beep, 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 less beep, happy beep, to get up really early. And... Exactly. It's, oh, I've got to milk the cows. Beep, beep. Anyway, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that is jack-o'-lanterns, and I I can't leave it just on boring old agriculture and farming, right? This is our I Halloween didn't think that was special. At all. I thought that was absolutely riveting. Uh, <laughs> and being self-effacing. Not as spooky as, as <laughs> not spooky. So we should have a bit of spook, shouldn't spook, we? Yeah. Shouldn't we leave with some spook? We should leave with a spook. All right, let's do another trick, trick or treat. Trick or treat. Um, I feel like we've done the majority of I think these. we may have to cherry pick now. Well, we've got these ones now. Uh, right, so the three things are a box that looks like a pretty classic chocolate bar of a sort of pocky. It looks a bit like a pocky or something. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a, a soybean image on a some sort of box. And what is most interesting to me, a thing that looks like a ruler. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're going for. Okay. Oh, right. <laughs> Okay. So I'm opening this up. It's uh, it's about a foot long. It's, it's about the size and shape of a ruler. It's got some sort of, oh, gooey, sticky. Oh, that's interesting. It looks like uh, a cable. <laughs> oh. oh, it does look like a cable, yeah. <laughs> so it's got a, a sweet uh, sherbet-y kind of layer on the uh, sprinkling on the top. Okay, I think we just got to go for it. Here we go. Oh, it's sour. Oh, I regret taking so much. Oh, that's really sour. It's just like a candy strip. It is. Mm, that's good. I like that. It's got like a pastry kind of look to it. It doesn't look like candy, but oh, this is good. It's quite... Yeah, oh. it's super sour though, isn't it? It's quite sour. All right. Spook me out, Rai Rai. 
I've noticed that your pumpkin is done, by the way. Yes, I hope you can enjoy my pumpkin. It's a, a two-sided affair. Mm-hmm. I have the face of uh, fear on the front. I'll be honest, the face of fear is quite cute. Much cuter than I was actually Super anticipating. <laughs> but wait. Oh, right. Let more. me reverse the pumpkin. I rotate the pumpkin. Yeah. And it says H-H-E. H-H-E. What's that stand for? It's horror happening everywhere. Uh, I love it. Uh, right. Which is good. I like this thing. Yeah, this is nice. Okay, it's a go. I'm in favour of this one. This is probably my favourite of the batch so yeah. far. Yeah. Okay, so, as I said, I didn't want to leave this Halloween special just by talking about agriculture. So I thought I'd spooky things up a little bit. Spooky it up, my friend. All right. We talked a bit about Stingy Jack and the devil. We did. So I thought I'd look up to see if there were any specifically Korean traditional tales and see if there were any Halloween-y kind of versions. And what I discovered was that there are. There are many. And in fact, they even have a name for these type of stories. They're called Imoldam, and they're specifically about supernatural beings. So your ghosts, your monsters and goblins. Oh my. Oh my. So yeah, so in most of these tales, supernatural beings enter the human world and they engage in friendly or antagonistic relations with human beings. That's kind of the theme throughout all of them. One such creature is called the Takebi, known as the Korean Goblin. Ooh. Yeah, the Takebi is said to be the spiritual possession of an inanimate object, like an old discarded broom or an object stained with human blood. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so the Degabi are somewhere between like a god, like a deity, and a ghost. Uh, Side note, Korean ghosts, otherwise known as Huishin, they take four forms. The first ghost is the virgin ghost, which is female virgin who has died. Uh, There's the bachelor ghost, which is the male version. And then there is water ghosts, which are people who have... Drowned? Correct. And then there's Dalgyal Guishin, which is known as the Egg Ghost. Egg Ghost? Yeah. Go on. It's the fourth... People who are killed whilst eating eggs. Salmonella victims. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> All right. The Dalgyal Guishin appears as a ghostly egg. That doesn't sound as frightening as you tried to portray there. It has no face. Well, no eggs. No arms yeah, or legs. Egg. It's just an egg there. <laughs> it has no personality. Just an egg. And it shows no emotion. This, this is less terror. Ah, oh, we've got one of the eggs in again. Never mind. Just leave it. <laughs> no one knows where <laughs> it came from or anything about it. This feels the least perturbing haunting ever. Can you imagine? Oh, there's a ghost. This is a haunted house. Well, what kind of ghost is it? It's not one of those virgin ghosts, is it? No, it's, uh, it's an egg. Oh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I can move in. It could be on the coffee oh, table as far as I'm concerned. I could live with that ghost. <laughs> what does it do? No. Nothing. <laughs> Has it killed anybody? No. <laughs> Isn't it spooky? Not really, no. But it has no face. <laughs> no eggs traditionally don't. That's fine. I'm totally comfortable with a faceless egg in my house. <laughs> so there you go. That's the, that's the Dalgiel Gushin. <laughs> anyway, legends... I feel like that's the sort of... <laughs> The, the, the loser, the campfire round the, t- round, the, round the bonfire, everyone tells a tale and some guys pulled out and there was an egg and it had no face and somehow that's the one that caught on. That's amazing, isn't it? Anyway, right, so legend... <laughs> So legends describe the Takebi in many forms, uh, but most often they're described as having horns, bulging eyes, a big mouth, long sharp teeth, a hairy body, and long claws. I think I know. You look in the mirror every day and you see one. (laughs) Uh, They're typically found at night, 
Right. Uh, but they also appear when it's foggy and rainy. Mm. Uh, yeah. So the tail has changed somewhat over time, as these things somewhat do, and per region. Uh, but they're always depicted as sort of fearsome and awe-inspiring, um, probably because they appear heralded by a tall blue flame of fire. Ooh, I'd like to be heralded by a tall blue flame. It's pretty cool, right? Imagine walking Great. in a room. <laughs> I am here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they possess magical items, such as a hat which grants the power of invisibility. It's pretty cool. I'd love one of them. Yeah, a club called the Bang Mangi, which acts like a magic wand, but can also be used to summon things. And clouts arm around the side of the head. Dude, <laughs> yeah, don't it's a club, <laughs> the Bang Mangi, yeah. But they are said to possess extraordinary powers. Well, I was happy with the hat, but let's go on. What, right. what can you do for me? Themselves, right? right. That's just the hat and the, the thing which have their own powers, but they have powers themselves. Now, they use these powers when interacting with humans. They interact with humans a lot. And they go one, the interactions go one of two ways. They either play pranks on us or they help us out. Tricking or treating, oh, one see. might say. Yes, indeed. I, mm. quite, I kind of like these guys. They sound fun. Well, an example of pranking from, oh from their it's, stories. It's like a super brutal prank. Or, like, <laughs> oh, where's my other shoe? Prank, bro. <laughs> Setting fire to things. Oh, okay. That's, a, that's awesome. But yeah, Plagues. Okay. Plagues? Plagues aren't a prank. You can't call a plague a prank. It was a prank. It was a prank, dude. What? <laughs> Disease. Okay. Yeah. So now I'm really reevaluating the prank status. But but more pranking is preventing wayward travellers from passing by without first wrestling them. It's not sort of a sort of spirit like older brother. <laughs> yeah, that, that one feels more prankish. Why are you hitting yourself? Right. The problem with that, though, with the wrestling, trying to get by wrestling thing, is that De Cape are extremely scared skilled at wrestling right and cannot be beaten that seems like a poor wager then except oh. in the stories they always lose <laughs> and that mainly might be because their right side is exploited in every story and that's because in some tales the Takepi only have one leg I would I would be willing to engage a one-legged opponent <laughs> so, in a wrestling contest. <laughs> the advice is, it, this is sincere. I mean, surely sweep the leg would be my... <laughs> well... <laughs> sweep the sole leg. If you're ever in a position... <laughs> Where you're I've in, seen the Karate Kid. I know what to do. <laughs> where you're in South Korea and you're going along a journey, and then some wrestling and spirit the jumps out <laughs> with a big blue flash of flame, <laughs> and he's like, "Ah, you can't get past unless you wrestle me." Uh, all right, and you're like, go. <laughs> "The advice is to hook their leg and push them over." <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure this is quite as fearsome as advertised. I cannot be beaten. Shove. Literally I mean, you're a one-legged spirit anyway. wearing an invisible ability hat. I, I think I've got this. If you wait till you walk home tonight, you're going to be going to encounter it to Gepi. Right, but they bring good harvest too, right? So Because it's not all just pranks, bro. It's, it's good stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> they um <laughs> the Tekepe was popular among people who lived near the Yellow Sea. Right. Uh the marshlands apparently lived. <laughs> the marshlands would make noises as they trapped it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, right, let's do this again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay. All right. So the Dekepu was popular <laughs> among people living near the Yellow Sea. Uh, the marshlands that they have there, uh, they would make noises, right? As the air that is trapped inside the marshes escaped with the tide. So the tide right. goes out and it goes. Oh, right. A farting noise. <laughs> I guess. Okay. Well, I don't know. But people assumed it was the Dekepe's footsteps right. as it was walking. Right. So hopping. I think So people, <laughs> so people would climb to a high vantage point on the last day of the lunar year and scan the ocean for mysterious lights in the sky, which they would use to pinpoint places to cast their fishing nets, right? Right. Because that's where the Dekepe would be, is these flashing lights in the sky. Similarly, the Dekepe will <laughs> defend us against evil spirits. Awesome. Which is awesome, right? That's a, that's a good thing. Uh, so it seems like they just kind of want to hang out with humans, really. I think, I the think whole they're wrestling lonely. Thing <laughs> just give me a it's pretty desperate, isn't it? I just need contact with anyone. Yeah. So depending on where you live, some people want the Dekepe to bring them good luck, Others want to chase them away. And uh, in Jeju Island, there is a healing ceremony, uh, which is said to drive away the Dekepe from patients, um, which is similar to driving away bad energy from a person who sort of has dual personalities. So I guess people with mental health issues, it was uh, cast out your Dekepe. All right. And there you go. So the creepy world of egg ghosts and one-legged goblins. Way less creepy than I was imagining, but I enjoyed that a lot. I mean, I kind of want to come across one of these guys because I've got this egg ghost in my house, which is, I mean, it's fine, but I keep bashing my shins on it. Right. (laughs) So... There you go. That was remarkable, Ryan. I have to say, that was wildly different to my expectations. I was expecting a lot of sinister spookiness, and I got what a lot, what was a fascinating journey through agriculture and hilariously incapable spirits. <laughs> but also, you gave me loads of sweets, so now I'm bouncing off the walls because I'm stacked with sugar. You are. I know, I've noticed that. You're sort of vibrating a little bit across the table. <laughs> You've got to carve a pumpkin, which we'll take pictures of, and those will go on the website, hhepodcast.com, uh, or on our Twitter feed, at h. Podcast. Well, I think you did an excellent job and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was fully absorbed by that. All right, very good. Well, look, you know what that means. I think it's time. It's definitely time. To roll the dice, metaphorically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, should we do it then? I think the we're Halloween back to regular. It's regular does later now. The Halloween one's packed away for another year. I'll wheel out the other one then. Okay. The vastly less spooky standard issue does later. Blow the dust of it. Yep. <laughs> gonna have to stoke the fires up, get that coal okay. going. Okay. All right. Okay. Very brass good. Is, brass is looking quite nice for considering it's been away for a week. I, I like to keep a keep it in good good order i'm glad to see i'm glad to see right okay are you ready Peter? i'm ready sir are you i um, no. <laughs> you always say that and i, I know you, you always pull a paleogene out of the ether somehow <laughs> yeah. all right i'm ready i'm ready i'm okay calm and collected okay so your country is nato oh so it's not one country. It's uh, the collection of countries that form NATO. The collection of countries that form NATO. Oh, great. Okay, so I that's guess how, interesting. how you interpret that. Yeah. Up um, to you. That gives me quite a lot of scope. I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. NATO is the National Association. North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Well, there you go. Uh, okay. I guess you're probably going to want a time now. Something in the NATO period would be right. terrific. Here we go. It's the Jurassic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And your time is... Once upon a time. 
Once Upon a Time. Ooh. That's interesting. I'd forgotten we put those things this in. This is the most like open one. Yeah, you've had I for can a while. do what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess it's all down to the topic now, the isn't it? The topic is. <laughs> okay. And your topic is ecology. Ecology. <laughs> ecology. Wow, that wasn't in exactly the NATO what I was countries. For in Once, Once Upon, upon a, a Time. time. Ecology. Oh. Ooh. I, I genuinely don't know what to make of that. I don't either, but I'm going to make something of it. That much, sir, I guarantee. All right. Well, I am looking forward to it. So, Ryan, I have to thank you. I really enjoyed this. It was really quite different to what I was expecting, which I, I always enjoy. I, I love it when you pull something unusual and unexpected out of the bag and not just a showboat of ghosts and ghoulies. <laughs> but that is, sadly, our show for this week. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone out there. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch about any of the things we've talked about on the show or just say hello, hang out with us, uh, you can reach out to us on social media through our website at hhepodcast.com or by email at peteandryan at hhepodcast.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and if you're lucky or you say something fascinating or interesting or if you just want to you might end up featured on a future show that's right and one way to definitely feature on a future show is to rate and review us on apple Podcasts. it's really important to us um and you know it brings people to the show and it just shows that you love us and that's really why we do this (laughs) Listen, if you're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you can find us at at HHE Podcast. Uh, Subscribe to those. You'll get an alert when we post one of our one-minute animated bites. Yep. But we're going to be back again soon with The Verdict. But in the meantime, if you can't get enough of the show, uh, you are only human, check out the back catalogue, which you can find at the podcast app or YouTube or on our website, hhepodcast.com. So huge thanks to Ryan. That was amazing. I loved it. Thank you, Peter. And I think all that's left to say is... Happy Halloween, everyone! Oh, and also, you've been listening to... History Happen Everywhere. Ryan, there's someone at your front door, mate. Ryan, there's someone at your door. Oh, fine, I'll get it. Trick or treat! Oh, what a scary ghost costume. You look great. Well done, you. And uh, how can I help you? Trick or treat, trick or treat, give me something good to eat. Ryan, is that you? What are you doing? (sighs) Yeah, yeah, it's me. Trick or treat, isn't it? Right. So I want some chocolate? Well, I don't think there's anything in the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there is. It's uh, some chocolate in the fridge. Right. So so you want me to go back into your house, open up your fridge to get your chocolate that you bought and give it to you for trick or treat? That's right. Yeah. So what happens if I say trick? I'm going to take these eggs and I'm going to throw them at the house and I'm going to put flour and water all over the car and uh, and, and I'm going to put weed killer all over the lawn. Right, right. That sounds like it'll take ages to clear up. Um, okay, I'm going to choose trick. Oh, right. Well, so be it. <laughs> Might get myself a bit of that chocolate. Oh, what's this? Looks like a new brand. Hmm, X-Lax. Yum. Ah, ah, 
Bye, Halloween.